This is the Accounting Influencers Podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett. Martin, the Countex just gets bigger and bigger, doesn't it? It does, it does. And it's the biggest, I'd say biggest show in Europe, and I'm thinking it might be the biggest show in the world. What we know, for sure, is the one-stop shop for digital and in-person events. With the following it's built over the years, Accountex packed a punch that's with events that are dedicated to both the accounting and finance professionals. Yeah, and it's all CPD accredited as well. They've got a virtual summit coming up 10th, 11th of November, which is free to attend. And they've got some interesting topics coming up there, haven't they? Digital assets, social mobility, future of cloud accounting, commercializing opportunities for NTD, penalty reform, not your normal lineup. Yeah, and it's all ramping up to the big event they've got going on in London at the Excel Arena. It's the largest in Europe. And if you want your CPD points, if you want to find out what's happening, don't forget to book that in your diary for the 11th and 12th of May. And there's a website they can go to, Martin. Yeah, accountex.co.uk or indeed follow them on Twitter at at accountex. That's at accountex. It's that time of the week here on the Accounting Influencers Podcast where we give you something a little extra, a little juicy tidbit for you accounting practitioners. And we reckon there are over 20,000 listeners all over the world, Martin, that tune into the show. It's a number that's growing every week, isn't it? It is. We're nearly at 21,000. And do we just think about that for a second? You know, that covers 140-something, I think 149 countries now. And although we know some of that might not be perhaps too accurate as stats, we might have one or two VPNs in play there. Nevertheless, we are understanding that these are messages that are being heard around the world. The content that we produce, therefore, we take very, very seriously because we are affecting and influencing practices around the world, hopefully for the better. Uh, and we'd love to hear your stories about that. But this show has turned into a big deal and it's because of you that that's happened. So thank you. Yes, thank you. And uh, we're a radio style show. We have a daily show, so you can tune into any of the episodes. If you are new to what we do, on a Saturday, we present a bonus, which helps accounting practitioners and probably some of the fintech and software people that serve them and sell to and through them to sell better, to win more business, to create more opportunities, to convert the leads that you're generating through all your marketing activity. And this is a why they didn't buy section. We're running this series. It's proving very popular and people are telling us that this is helping us get deals over the line, stop the ghosting, to close down those conversations and close those deals. So, Martin, last week we talked about I don't need any training on sales and business development and closing these deals because I'm an accountant and I'm qualified. But we busted that myth. And today we're looking at the excuse that accountants give for why they didn't sell or get a client and they're blaming it on someone else, which is nothing new. So just give us a little bit of context here. Yeah, so the, the premise for this entire section, guys, is that we have 25 years of experience near enough to draw on about why a, a business did or didn't choose to work with an accountant. And we have the accountant's version of what happened, and we have the client's version of what happened. And we've been using this series to show you the difference and the reasons behind them. And now we're in a kind of subset of that, where we're in this little um, three-part story of what happened in the days when I was involved in lead generation for accountants. And again, the disparity between you know, why an accountant said that they didn't win one of these opportunities against why the actual people they went to see said they didn't win the opportunity. So we have done this, I convert 95% of everything I ever see. We did that one for you a couple of weeks ago. We did the, I don't need training. Last week, this week, we have the Blame the absent party. It was the telemarketer's fault, of course. So how this one works, Rob, is like this. So we would we would produce 
leads, a um, couple of hundred a month, um, qualified leads. And this is with appointments who had agreed to meet with the accounting firm that we were representing to look at the possibility of changing for any reason other than price. Okay, so it couldn't be, it couldn't be a price sensitive inquiry. So generally what would happen is that in any five appointments, any batch of five, any pack of five that you picked out, one to two would be really good opportunities, okay? That would convert anywhere from the day you saw them through to about three months down the road, if you handled it correctly. Two others were good medium to long-term prospects that you were gonna win and you'd win it a good fee, but you'd have to keep on top of them to make sure they came on board. And one was an absolute piece of crap, okay? And we couldn't change that. That was just how things played out. We're not deliberately making poor appointments. It was just that in any mix of five, that was generally the outcome. So you knew to discount one straight away, okay? You knew that if in any five, an accountant was to say, oh, that was a really bad one, then they were probably right. So you could, you could say, yeah, fine, no problem at all. No argument, no pushback. Okay. And that does ratios probably apply across all selling sectors, wouldn't they, Martin? I, I wouldn't know enough about it, but yes, I'm, I'm sure they probably would do, I would guess. So if we were getting an accounting firm telling us that two, three, or more of this, any sample of five were bad appointments, the alarm bells would ring. Okay. Because that's not the normal ratio, that's outside the norm. Now, in the old days, it was a real problem because it was their word against ours. So who's right? Well, it's always going to be the client that's right. So the accounting firm is right. So we have to do whatever we need to make it right. So we invested heavily in call recording so that we knew what was being said on the phone from both the prospect's point of view and our telemarketer's point of view. And because we followed up with the prospect afterwards, we knew what was going on after the meeting when they met with the accountant. So we had a lot more information than the accounting firm did. Not to catch them out, just to sense check it. You know, when we got a complaint, let's take a look at the complaint. Let's look how valid it is. Here's what we learned. When an accountant, because of the lack of sales education that they have, made a complete hash of the appointment, they would not point the finger at themselves. Okay, human nature. They would point the finger either at the business they went to see or the people who had made the appointment. And more often than not, it was the people who have made the appointment. It is. It's the marketers that suffer, isn't it, Martin? That lease wasn't strong enough. The campaign didn't go right. You sponsored the wrong event. And they put in those hard-end marketing dollars, but nobody wants to admit failure there. No. And that's all code for the opportunities aren't falling on my lap. So therefore, it's bad. I'm just thinking of uh, people we work with here in our accounting influencer roundtable, Martin, called Novus Communications. And they do telemarketing for accounting firms. And um, they will tell us that the power is in the data and the way you set this up. So if these telemarketers and marketers are getting decent leads, using good data, passing these on to the accountant, there shouldn't really be any excuses for not closing these deals. That's true. So for all of our listeners, if you ever use a proactive form of lead gen, such as telemarketing and other forms of proactive lead gen are available, and if you use telemarketing and find that one, more than one out of any given five is a poor appointment in your opinion, then be aware that it's unlikely to be the person you're thinking of blaming right now. Uh, okay. And what is more likely the case is that the way in which the appointment has been handled has been poor. Because in, and we'll stick with telemarketing as an example, in the case of a telemarketing campaign, there are only three variables. The data, the appointment maker, and the accountant. 
Okay. Now, if the data is garbage, that's a challenge for both accountants and telemarketer. If the telemarketer is garbage, then you generally won't get to find that out because they won't be very good at making appointments. Or they'll make such poor appointments as they are not in a job very long. If it's the accountant's fault, and fault is a heavy term to use, but I like heavy terms, fault, okay, then it will be the way they've handled the appointment after it was made, after the goodwill was created, after the excitement was set. So I know, podcast listeners, you can't see what I'm about to do because you're not watching a video of this, but imagine the excitement curve, okay? And the vertical axis is excitement, and the horizontal axis is time. And when we get off the phone to a potential new client of yours, excitement sits around about eight out of 10, high. There's a possibility of meeting with someone who can take my business forward, who can overcome my issues, who can find out how I can get my personal guarantee back from the bank. It's going to be huge. And the more time that elapses between that call and hearing from the accountant or dealing with them or having a positive interaction with them, the curve goes down like this. See, the more time elapses. So enthusiasm wanes, doesn't it? Enthusiasm wanes, absolutely right. So on that basis, it's usually down to the accountant. Once a telemarketing organization has discharged their responsibility correctly, and they're not always going to do that right, but they'll do it right four times out of five if they're any good, then it's how the accountant handles it or the accounting firm or the processes of the marketing team of the accounting firm, depending on the size of firm we're discussing here. It's how they handle it from that moment onwards that ultimately decides the outcome, success, and return on investment that they get from this form of marketing. But when you ask them, they'll say it's the telemarketer's fault. Stats, probability, averages, medians, and means all prove that possibility wrong. Well, let's just drill down on some of those excuses for a moment. I have known telemarketers to be driven by metrics and numbers and how many appointments can you get and often they push for an appointment that is not appropriate for that accountant to take on i'm not saying that's happening but it could happen if people are on targets and commissions and everything else they don't qualify that lead enough and that may be happening also going back to the data martin the accountant may not be properly articulating what kind of appointment what kind of business what kind of deal prospect they are looking for so the marketers are not equipped with the information they need to set the best appointments yeah both are absolutely possible your first pushback was was particularly good and um, that time marketers are, are targeting on commissions and pushing for appointments and so on that was absolutely true in the early days that's exactly what happened it's not true at the time of recording now you know why because telemarketers who did that either had no success and had to get out of the accounting business and go and telemarket for somebody else or went bust altogether. So, Rob, in, in November 2001 here in the UK, the ICAW, the major regulatory body for accountants, the chartered accountants, relaxed their marketing guidelines massively as to what you could and couldn't do. And that opened the, the floodgates for this absolute slew of, of one man on their phone telemarketers to come in to market for accountants. And there's all kind of fly the nights, and they all got flushed out. And the only ones that are still around are the ones with track records. And the only reason you have a track record is because you're good at what you do. So absolutely, pushing for appointments would comfortably be a, uh, a, a something that accountant could throw at a telemarketer in 2002, but not in 2022. And at the same, by the, by the exact same token, the data, you're absolutely right. The data can be wrong for a number of issues, a number of reasons. Your data provider may not be keeping it up to date. The accountant may not be selecting the sample very well. They're not vetting the sample very well. So that's also a possibility. But generally, on the balance of averages, 
It's down to how the appointment is handled from that very first phone call right the way through to completion that is the true determinant of the success or otherwise as to why they do or don't buy. Okay, so the accountant is giving the telemarketer, the marketer, whoever is generating that lead, good information. This is what I'm looking for. This is who we want to meet with. This is the kind of businesses we want to be working for. If that's all going well and those appointments, those opportunities are not being converted, this comes fairly and squarely into the lap of the accountants. It is their fault. They are to blame. What can they be doing? Yeah, and, and and if this sounds, guys, like a section that's all about blame the accountant, oh, it's the accountant, it's the accountant. that's not what we're saying. What we're saying is we want practices to take opportunities like this, wherever they come from, telemarketing or otherwise, really, really seriously. You know why? Because these business owners really need help. That's why they made the appointments. You know why? Because you are supremely um, tooled up to be able to help them and take them towards their professional and personal aspirations. And you know what that does? That strengthens not only a business owner and a business, but ultimately on a global scale or a national scale, strengthens economies. When you have small business owners starting to succeed, you guys are the key to small business owners beginning to succeed. So when you get an opportunity to talk to one, no matter what the source is, we focus on telemarketing in this episode, but it could be anywhere, treat it like an absolute piece of gold because that's what it's going to be for you and it's what you're going to be for them. Yes. And finally, Martin, that's a really good thought. Even if as an accounting practitioner, you're not interested in the legacy and the difference that you're making and the way you're changing lives in your role as a trusted advisor. Think of the lifetime value of that opportunity, not just this is a two, three, five thousand dollar deal, but they're going to be with us for six, seven, ten years. That adds up to a whole lot more, Martin, doesn't it? It does. And, it, and then it's who else do they know? Who else do they refer? And what are those values? Whether well, what about those people? Who do they know? And who do they refer? And it's an ever increasing virtuous circle, all because you took the first one seriously. Yeah. So the message today for you guys is to stop blaming, stop trying to explain your way out of it, take some responsibility, stop finding fault with the people that are setting up these deals and appointments and opportunities for you, and really get a handle on this upskill, upgrade learn a little bit more selling. And as Martin says, take these seriously. There's some good results if they do that, Martin. There's huge results. Um, I personally was able to see and demonstrate three to one, four to one returns, which I would challenge anyone to get in the market at the moment. Um, um, but ultimately, and here's the heresy statement, Rob. Okay, I want accounting firms to take proactively generated opportunities as seriously as their grade A existing clients. There's a message. That's why they didn't buy. That one is on you. So do what you can to make it right. We'll see you on next week's bonus episode. And if you want to tune in on Monday, you can get all segments of our Accounting Influencers podcast with the news, the Here's What Works section, and our double-length video, uh, video and audio interviews with special guests. Enjoy the rest of your day, and thank you for tuning in. This is the Accounting Influencers podcast with Rob Brown and Martin Bissett.